0: Hello everyone, innovators near and far. This is Bill O'Connor, walking with, who else? My dog. Dog is my co-pilot, Zenzino. Uh, Today walking in Mill Valley, sort of near this dog park. Anyway, sixth episode of this podcast, and today I've got a topic that I'm pretty fascinated with. I think it's a kind of a new idea, and um, I like to be practical and help Uh, people, my clients in general, I think this could be a relatively practical idea that um, I think uh, companies uh, might want to consider. Anyway, the basic topic is I think that companies need to create a new position. Um, And for now, I'm calling it Chief Innovation Launch Officer. So the unfortunate thing about that is (laughs) you could say it's silo, which is not great. But if you're internationally minded and you throw an E in there, it spells uh, Cielo, which is Spanish for sky. Anyway, who cares? The basic point is um, I think that companies, one of the missing things, uh, you call it structural pieces, people, functions that most large companies have is um, what, what I think could be aptly described as a chief innovation launch officer. Uh, so the reason I think this is important is for those of you who know me. Oh, an announcement! Uh, those of you who know my work at all, uh, I've done over five hundred innovation engagements, two hundred plus companies, forty countries, and you know logged a lot of hours with execs, sort of behind closed doors. Sometimes I feel like a priest or a psychiatrist because I get kind of the the um, the true story about what's happening about innovation in big companies, and the real answer is. Frankly, not much, generally speaking. There are some exceptions, of course. But I think what's missing is structurally, um, people may also have heard me say, um, there's always three things at a large company that cares about innovation. Number one, the innovation team. Number two, the innovation lab. Number three, often, not always innovation fund. Um, I think the problem with only having those things is, It is no one's job to actually launch anything out into the world. And that is what's missing. My analysis after all of these um, engagements with companies is, uh, my metaphor is like soccer or football. Um, If you pass the ball to someone, that's activity. If you take a shot at the goal, that's an attempt. And if you get the ball in the goal, that's achievement. So if you use that structure of activity, attempt, and achievement, you know, most companies, it's mostly activity. Those three things I mentioned, that's activity, lab, fund, team, um, attempt, most companies don't really launch a lot. That's why I think that most, co- let's say Company X, let's say Company X is a $2 billion company. I think that Company X needs a chief innovation launch officer. And you know, they can work with the innovation team, they can run the innovation team, um, But what I like about this idea is, in a way, it doesn't matter. Because if there's some person there who's a C-level executive, and their job is basically to manage the process of launching attempted innovations, that would be like, it's like the shots on goal person. So let's say her name is Jennifer, right? Now, what's interesting is I'll describe how this could work, and I don't even have to really specify what the relationship with the innovation team lab and fund are. I don't have to specify even the direct relationship with the CEO because I think this function is so sort of pure and easy to describe and missing that I think I'll be able to describe this chief innovation launch officer idea, you know, in a, in a, almost in a vacuum at first and then give companies options as to how they can connect it um, to their structure. So the basic idea would be this. Say it's Jennifer. Uh, her name is Jennifer. She's the chief innovation launch officer for Company X, $2 billion company. Now, her job, and she reports directly to the CEO, first of all is to launch things. Now, you notice I was about to say manage the launch process and all that stuff. That's actually the opposite of what I'm going for. Her job is to launch, really, if it's like soccer again, to take good shots on goal. Because again, I really believe innovation is very hard to predict. The best you can do, and in my methodology, I like to help companies generate ideas that I call like a seven seven seven, at least a seven, wild one to ten, and a seven worldly doable, practical, etc. I think the best a company can do this is borne out by, I think business history, theory and also common sense, is to launch really promising. Potential innovations into the marketplace. So there's Jennifer, the Chief uh, Innovation Launch Officer. In her title <laughs> is the word launch, which I really like because that's how everyone thinks of her. That's how she gets rewarded. That's the metrics for her job. Now, again, I would say, okay, so what's the benefit of this? Well, let's say that, um, you know, in the era of Trump, let's make it Two women at the top, right? Let's say that Mara is the CEO and Jennifer, and this is probably one of the most progressive companies to have two women at this level, unfortunately, but let's 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 have some fun with that and hope for more of that. Mara is the CEO and Jennifer is the chief innovation launch, launch officer. Their understanding is that Jennifer, first and foremost, will launch things that have promised as innovations. That's shooting on goal. And she will have a certain amount of success at actually establishing things in the world that are innovations. That's essentially scoring goals. So actually, the main thing, jumping away from all the process and towards all the result, the main thing that Jennifer, as a Chief Innovation Launch Officer, would be uh, evaluated upon would be successes. Really, how many, and let's get back to my idea of innovation tempo, how many successes does she have? per year, every two year, whatever, right? And the innovation tempo for every company is different, but basically the idea is she launches things. She launches things, she gets measured on that. The quality of the launches on a bunch of criteria, including ultimate success, Um, the tempo of the launching, right? The range of things, is she launching things that are of a sufficient range to really expand the company if need be, right? And of course, another metric is successes so those are at least two things and i really think you know if we want to get serious about it compensation has to be certainly um you know incentivized compensation not maybe not for a senior executive not a big base uh pay you know maybe it's a massive um economic upside for you know the, how she's rated in terms of launching and how she's rated in terms of successes now you'll notice now once you think okay that's the what this person, and again, the re, I picture this person standing on the wall, like it's almost like the Game of Thrones wall. But this person, now think of the physical metaphor. In most companies, if, if the if the barrier into the market is like a wall, most, um, and I use Game of Thrones metaphors sometimes. Most innovation teams and, and even funds and labs, they're like behind the wall. They're, or you can think of it like Tolkien, in the in the in the you know in the fortified like you know castle. You know, they're, they're hidden from the chaos outside, which is basically the market, right? And I have another essay about innovation being a jungle, not a not a garden. That's relevant here, too. But if you think about it, um, the, 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 the way things are set up now in most companies, there's a lot of activity. It's almost always safely behind the wall. Very little gets launched to the market. So this person, Jennifer, the chief innovation launch officer, I picture her as like standing on the wall or, you know, <laughs> near or around the wall and her job is really to sort of toss things over the wall or open the gates etc etc and 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 launch things out into the world now that's the what therefore of course the how then you can bring in some of the things that most companies do well how do we determine uh, what to focus on you know my world that's an innovation map that's a process thing right Um, if your goal is to launch things to the world and get success yeah you'll probably need a team you'll probably also need some sort of a cool lab to play around and um you know a fund you know if that's relevant but i think the main thing is you have to harness those good process things and all this other stuff employees chiming in on ideas you know we have innovation scrums and agile blah 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 all of that stuff happens in most companies now and by my lights uh it doesn't work usually just because of those two metrics all that stuff does not lead to a lot of launches. And therefore, ipso facto, you can't lead to a lot of successes. If you don't shoot at the goal, you're not going to score that whole thing. So um, I think there's really two points here. The first one is someone at the C-level, you know, C-suite, according to the CEO, has to have the job of launching things. Um, and uh, two, I think that means that to some degree, existing processes like all the inside the wall stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm sure a lot of that, I believe a lot of that could, would still be necessary and maybe even useful as long as it is harnessed to this idea of launching things, uh, over the wall. So now let's test this idea a little bit further. So could this work? You got company X, $2 billion, right? Um, so here's some other problems. What about politics? Right now? The normal way, let's call it behind the wall, right? Um, very often in companies, the innovation team is stymied by, like, the lead product people. The people that run the cash cow, they're not usually interested in a lot, often, on a lot of innovation. It's like my other metaphor of the spear and the bow and arrow. You know, if you grew up running a tribe back in, the, back in the, way back in the day that was a, um, you know, spear-based uh, tribe, that's how you fought battles, you know, you're certainly not going to think up the bow and arrow, usually. If you're great, if you ran, got to the top of the tribe with the spear... And uh, you're probably even going to reject it when it's presented to you by other people, right? So inside the wall in a company, um, yeah, the innovation team is fought by often the product people. Product people think they're crazy dreamers. Innovation team often thinks product people are stuck in, the, in their old ways and, you know, focused on, so to speak, the spear versus the new thing. But think about it. So good. You've got the chief innovation launch officer. Um, she is incentivized to cut through that and, you know, make fun of that and oppose that because she can be in meetings saying, you know, really to, hey, you know, Hey, Bob and, and Mary, whatever, um, to hell with your internal politics, I'm going to be launching things. And it's like, um, she also gets to really coordinate what's launched around the con- company because it's her job to do it. But also if, if, if divisions are not, um, coming up with good things to launch, and of course, my five innovation techniques is one way to do that. Um, you know, I recommend that when Jennifer and Mara have these frank conversations, Jennifer says, yeah, division three, um, you know, they're doing nothing. They're opposing innovation. That's that product in their group is you know, that's uh 62% of the revenues or whatever, the cash cow, you know, maybe even like the, the monopoly, the dirty word. And um she's gotta she's gotta be the one who's and I think about it, her if her if she's being evaluated on launches, both tempo and quality and also ultimate success, she's completely incentivized to basically, you know, call BS on any internal politics. Now, think of it from the other side. Let's just say, and there are jerks in corporations, if you are kind of a, not you, not not my faithful listeners, let's say there's uh, Max. That's a good villain name, right? So let's say Max is the classic corporate politician. And, uh, you know, there are people like this. Max is kind of like an out for himself uh, type of person. How does Max view? Now, Max wants to be CEO. Max is an SVP. And Max even runs, uh, say, the division with the largest product. How does Max view Jennifer, the chief innovation launch officer? Okay. I think it would be a formidable sort of, you know, opponent. Because, you know, Max in his own scheming mind would be thinking, wow, she reports directly to Mara, the CEO. Her job, she's higher up than me to some degree and there's a dotted line to her, that's pretty scary. And her job is to launch things, right? Launch things with good tempo, good quality, predict as best we can their success and ultimate success. It's almost like Max would be thinking, oh God, this is gonna be brutal, you know? I could usually just do innovation theater and do hand waving and talk to the CEO, say, yes, we're innovating, blah, blah, blah. But now we have a bona fide innovation expert standing on the wall, so to speak. And that person is basically saying, demanding that I, Max, um, help her to come up with innovations. You see? So whenever sort of a jerk has that moment of like, oh, God, this is going to be tough, I think that's progress, right? So um, that's one of the main things, I think. We need people in the in in, in the sea level um, at companies whose job is to launch things, and um, I think this would help with metrics because if you think of it this way now let 's go into sort of the bowels of the company in a way. if you have all this um, uh, you know innovation theater, and all these teams doing a lot of activity, that has a stultifying effect on a lot of employees because the the brightest in the employees say Employee X that's been there for eight years they've seen come and go probably three two to four uh, innovation teams like administrations in a government so they're sort of like yeah nothing's really going to happen so then the change is when Jennifer uh, sorry Mara the CEO says okay Jennifer want you to go around to every division and you know do a clarion call you know you, you know throw down the gauntlet all that stuff so you're sitting there you've been you've been browbeaten for nine years because you've suffered the politics of innovation and you, you know, you really haven't launched anything because of all that. You suddenly see this woman standing before you and she says, my job is to launch things. And it's almost like, you know, here's my email. If you think that we can launch things and basically you if I might, your dumbass uh, boss is obstructing, I want you to come to me directly. Come to me secretly. Okay. I, I, I absolutely expect that. Don't think of it as like out of chain of command or anything like that. Jennifer says, um, let's say there's a person named Paul who's this really kind of genius who's constantly stymied. Paul sits there in the audience and goes, wow, so her job is to launch things. I've never met someone. We never met that kind of that corporate animal before. Okay, so that means if her job is to launch things, basically she gets fired. If she doesn't launch things, tempo, quality, and then ultimate success. Uh, maybe it's in her self-interest to listen to me. And in fact, if, if Mara heard his thoughts, the CEO, she would say, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going to basically promote and, and reward and pat um, Jennifer on the back as chief innovation launch officer if she does all those, especially those three metrics, temple quality and success. And if she doesn't, eventually get got to fire her, you know, or put her somewhere else. But So that sends the signal to any, it's like a secret language, <laughs> It's almost like ants communicating, right? How do they know where to go? All the innovators in the company that have been stymied, which is almost redundant, right? That's like a Venn diagram, high overlap. All those people get this sense, if I can come out of the woodwork. Well, not out of the woodwork, really. You know, it's almost like whistleblower. I have someone to talk to who's powerful. I have someone who's more powerful than my own SVP boss. That is really interesting. And this our CEO, Mara, who maybe Paul thought was just a nice person and. Until this happened, it's like, Mara's nice, but she's never going to innovate, right? Like most companies don't. And he's thinking, wow, uh, there's a siren. But she's thinking, um, uh, sorry about that, listeners. Um, uh, She's thinking, oh, Mara would not have brought this person in, in this job, unless Mara wants to actually launch things and have them be successful. So even the, I mean, when you talked about 10 or 15 years ago, when these, Innovation people, chief innovation officers were getting named. The signal that was sent symbolically was a good one at the time. It was like, yes, we care about innovation, and if you have ideas, little bit, of blah, 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 blah. But over time, I believe the <laughs> the problem was those teams and, and funds and uh, and labs, et cetera. They they stayed symbolic in a lot of ways. You know, I, I absolutely now I, now I used to work for Autodesk, right? Great company. Um, and uh, actually, when I was there, this the sort was of the peak of my career with CEO Carl Bass, um, CTO Jeff Kowalski, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, innovation attempted and some innovation done. Um, but in a lot of companies, it's this. I know, because I've, I've probably spoken to uh, something like 8,000, is that right, executives, and I've I probably worked closely with something like 2,000 or something. I mean, it is so common to have real innovators not on the innovation team, funder, lab, say, yeah, those guys don't really do anything. So that's become what I might call an anti-symbol. It's like, yeah, um, it's almost like the innovation team sort of ensures that all innovation work will be sort of symbolic and nothing will be launched, et cetera. I think the chief innovation launch officer sends a different message. I mean, it's related, but it sends the message of like, yeah. It sends the message in. Let's shift to basketball. It's like we've been dribbling the ball for, you know, the first the whole first half of the game. My job is to shoot the ball, and it's the same thing as basketball. Take and in, in advanced metrics in basketball it talks about this. A good player or a good coach makes this happen. A good player. Um Hi everybody, Bill O'Connor here again, part two. I got cut off by a phone call, so I'm almost done with this episode. Um, so what was I saying? Oh yeah. The idea that um innovation, Teams Labs and Funds, etc., um, you know, they were symbolic in the right way early on. Now I think they're symbolic in another way. This is actually kind of a staple of my the, the humorous parts of my talk, which is innovation theater. Um I think it will also send hiring someone like this will send a message to the actual innovators. And look a lot of innovators are bad at politics. A lot of Real innovators are are introverted, right? They don't just like conflict. Or, you know, put them up against a good corporate politician, they're going to get killed, right? So this sends a message to those people, like, oh, we're not messing around. We actually... Oh, it's back to sports and basketball. Um, Instead of dribbling, 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 this person's job is to uh, take uh, the right amount of shots, tempo, at the basket, take good shots, Players are rated in the NBA basketball league on um, good shots, not just shots. And also percentage of getting the ball in, right? Um, That's a real difference. And again, if you picture how frustrating it would be to be on a basketball team where it's almost like nobody takes a shot, this is actually pretty accurate. And if you miss one shot, you're basically kicked off the team (laughs) or you're benched. Picture that team. What would happen? People would dribble, 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 dribble. They develop all these cool dribbling skills and tricks, etc., etc. And somehow they convince themselves that, you know, the, the, the coach of the team, the owner in the metaphor, the media, et cetera, that, you know, um, yeah, we're playing basketball. Look at this pass. I think the metaphor is good. But then, you know, um, you're sending the message like, no, we want to shoot and we want to score um, instead of just like move the ball around. Uh, so I've tried to think of this through every angle I can um i think this function has to happen uh because things don't launch and therefore things don't succeed as much as they should this person would also um naturally harness the existing processes which many of them are good and hearts in the right place and you know smart um but harness towards launching and, and succeeding so i think that's a benefit if this is not like you'd have to necessarily reinvent the wheel you'd be harnessing a lot of stuff that's already in place um And again, I just think, competitively speaking, if Company A, if Company A, uh, does not have a launch officer, we've got just what we have now. And and, you know, I hate to say this, but I think it's true. They're not going to really innovate. Let me take that away. They're not going to innovate. You know, I I try to be polite about it, but man, um, at this point, I've 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 met enough people, seen enough. I really think there's very little innovation going on. So that's Company A. You know, business as usual. Company B. If I was at company A and I heard company B hired a chief innovation launch officer, I would think, oh, God, they're going to start launching things into the market. And then I might say, naturally, well, I bet they're not going to be good, etc. But then I also hear, let's say, from someone at the company or reporting or word of mouth or whatever, scuttlebutt rumors, um, yeah, well, they're not just launching things. This person's, uh they're being evaluated on successes as well. And th- all those processes that they have and that you have, are really being rejiggered towards this launch and succeed thing. I would be worried about that because, you know, even if you're an innovation person, it's hard to admit it, but you know, you know what's going on in your own company. And I sometimes say after two drinks, get innovation, you know, chief innovation officers, etc. And basically you're like, Oh, this is all great. Team fund lab, etc. cetera. Um, great press. And what are you launching? Well, we're not really launching a lot of innovations. That's the truth of it. Um, so... Uh, I think that I would be worried if my competition did this, uh, because it would be an emphasis. It'd be like two basketball teams that are bad just dribble around, and I don't know. I guess every I guess every game ends either 0-0 zero, zero tie or like there's like it's like four to three. Um, this would be like uh, in the old days, the Washington Generals that play the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, you know, one of the teams becoming the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters and actually gonna shoot and score and all this stuff. I think that'd be scary for the competition and very cool uh, for the companies. So anyway, I'll end here because I'm, I'm to 25 minutes in these two parts, but that's my basic idea. I think that I like to explore the idea if a company creates a new position, chief innovation launch officer, whose job is to, again, manage the process, sure, but towards the end of the metric of launching things, and again, launching things, one, the right tempo, for the company to quality launches. Again, for me, that'd be 778899. Things that have at least some rational expectation. We have rational expectation that they will succeed. And then most importantly, um, successes. If that's the job and that's the, uh, what that person is expected to do, I think that could galvanize uh, corporations and really could take uh, a lot of companies from innovation theater to, uh, to actual innovation, um, achievement, and success. Anyway, I'm kind of excited about it. Let me know what you think. I'm probably going to write an essay about this on Medium, but um, for like the six listeners that are polite enough to listen to me, um, and you know who you are, uh, thank you for listening and um, signing off for the Genius Hours uh, podcast. Thanks, guys.